what's up everybody listening in listening land hi we're back for a second episode to me up podcast another round round two round two and i am teron of course and i am camille charmaine camille charmaine in the building yes um we want to talk to you guys again about more music of course um, I feel like it's only right for us to talk about sophomore albums, being that this is our second episode. We had the great idea to discuss some of our favorite sophomore albums by some of our favorite artists, just favorite music in general. Um, so for us to go ahead and get started with our first segment. Um, I've been very excited about this episode. I just wanted to just put this out here because... The first person that I want to show appreciation for their second album is Jamie Foxx, right? So everybody thinks that the Unpredictable album, which is the one of the best R&B albums of all time, um, it is a very well put together album. Everyone thinks that is his first album, but in reality, it is actually his second album. His first album... It's called Peak This. It was released in 1994. And it got some gems on that album. I I was just reintroduced, not reintroduced. I was introduced to that album maybe like a year ago. And then one of the good songs on there is called Miss You. It's fire. I'm not going to go down a whole rabbit hole about the first album. It's, it's It gives R&B 90s vibes. It, it's, it's definitely a 90s album. Um, but he pretty much did a lot of the writing and producing on that second album. So by the time he did his unpredictable album, clearly he kind of brought in more people. And one of those people was Harold Lilly. Are you familiar with Harold Lilly? I'm familiar with the name. I can't tell you right off the top of my head who he's credited for working for, but I know so many of my favorite songs because I've seen that name before. Yeah. He um wrote Take Me Out by Luther Van Dross. Um, you should have known better by the Gunica. <laughs> and my personal favorite song, Baby Mama by Fantasia. Oh my no, God. his credit his credits are, are clearly way deeper than that, but I thought it'd be interesting. He had Sean Garrett, Timberland, Warren Campbell. I found out today that Tank is all up and through that album. All up and through that album, which Tank is somebody who was very underrated. In every aspect of the word, right? So Jamie Foxx, Unpredictable. I think that's a very great second album. Probably one of the best R&B albums. It came out in 2005. Like, to this day, it still it still does something to me today. My, I think my go-to song, <laughs> my go-to song is Can I Take You Home? Can I take you home, yes. girl? Yes. <laughs> it makes me very excited. Okay, um... <laughs> I love that album. Yeah, I know that that is one of your albums. It has it's... all pretty much always been one of your albums. My the first album that I want to discuss or bring some shed some light to is is honestly I like this album better than her first album, but I know that a lot of people won't agree with me on this. I'm talking about Amory's album Touch. 
It's a great album. The album that has what most people know, One Thing, was one of her biggest singles. That's her second um, album? It's her second album. Her first, and people mix up her albums too. A lot of people think that like, why don't we fall in love and One Thing are on the same album and they are not. Why don't we I fall in love? people. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Okay. Yes. Why Don't We Fall in Love is from Amory's first album, All I Have. Her second album, touch um i think 2005 is when that album came out you know she came out right off the heels of you know having success with why don't we fall in love and talking to me as you know her singles from her first album she came with uh one thing um produced by rich harrison who was pretty much like her equivalent to what rodney jerkins was um for brandy at the time they were kind of like two peas in a pod for majority of Amory's uh mainstream or um major label career she did a lot of work with Rich Harrison um and a lot of people um are also familiar with Rich Harrison's production given his um producing Crazy in Love for Beyonce as well but you know he has always encompassed that sound of like bringing go-go music go-go sound to somewhat of a mainstream level with those songs with you know all of that um percussion lots of hi-hats and lots of drum heavy just sounds and elements in his music and his production and Amory's second album is full of all of that like one thing um my favorite songs from this album rolling down my face that's a great song um come with me that's a great song she actually has a song on the album with carl thomas as well which is really dope um it's called can we um and also falling another one of my favorite songs on that album i'm just name, falling. naming naming falling by amory yes I and i give you my trust i'm falling you know that song I do. I know that song. I like it. It's funny. I like when you said everyone thinks that those songs are on the same one. I thought they all were on the same album. Even like, like for example, my favorite A. Marie song is I Just Died. Yeah, that's a great song. And I just assume they always all in this one big happy album. No. Look at me, loud and wrong. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Do you know whether or not this album performed better? Um, you know what? I'm not sure in terms of chart performance if it was better. If I had to take a guess, I would say yes, it did perform better. Um, but I'm not entirely certain on that. Um, I know that she opened up for a Destiny's Child at that tour because I went. <laughs> and so yes. I, I had a chance to see them along with Mario. Those were their openers for the Destiny Fulfill and Loving It tour. Um and I mean, Amory is Amory is dope. I mean, I already mentioned Amory in our first episode, and so I'm I'm mentioning Amory again. I'm just excited just to keep mentioning Amory because I love her, and I think that a lot of people kind of overlook a lot of her deep cuts, right? Um, for the songs that they know that were popular on the radio. Right. Um, but she has some really great music. She even, you know, even beyond her second album, I won't get into it, but her her third album was only released in Japan. Um, and that album is full of amazing music as well. So anybody that get a chance to listen to Amory, please do so. Um, and 
I would say, because I'm biased, to start out with the second album, Touch, because it's, it's just really a great body of work. It truly is. I guess another second album for me, I have on my list, is Bobby Brown. Um, You know, his first album, King of the Stage, it came out like right after, you know, he parted ways with New Edition, which did okay. Like, I feel like, I feel like it went gold if my memories serves me correctly. I think it went gold. Like, I feel like it was just like, oh, it's okay. You know, it's fine. Um, I thought what was interesting is that, well, I didn't really write down who, how, who did the production for King of the Stage, but obviously his second album was Don't Be Cruel, which Babyface and L.A. Reid and Teddy Riley are all up in through that album. Um, I feel like that album was the first time he was able to kind of do what he wanted to do, I guess the image that he wanted to have, because King of the Stage, he still was kind of like in that like bubblegum, popcorn, I don't know the, the right terminology, like that bubblegum area is kind of like pop, like I, can you be my girlfriend? And then like he came out with my prerogative with um, the Don't Be Cruel. I also think that he obviously I was not that old at that time but I assume that like it probably like surprised people you know how good of an album he could do because people probably didn't really look at him outside of Scooby being part of New Edition and also this kind of start Babyface pretty much wrote all of the hit hit songs on that album like like you said before Babyface is never going to go broke Um, ever ever so I'm like trying to pull up the excuse me album I think my go-to songs on the Don't Be Cool album is Rock With You. And um, here's a song on there. It's called I'll Be Good To You. I actually really like that song as well. Um, So I'm going to add that to the little playlist so people can like, you know, enjoy it as well. But I just, I like that song as well. Um, But that's my second one. So do you have, what's your, what's your second one? Okay. So my, okay. This is the album that I think you know. For anybody that's listening, obviously we discussed this podcast before we record and Camelia said that she thinks that an album that's on my list, she thinks she knows the album that's on my list. And mm-hmm. initially I was like, I don't I don't know what album you think you're talking about, but I actually think this is it. So if I'm gonna be nervous. (laughs) I am. I am too. Anyway, the album that I'm thinking of is my second out of my my top three that I'm mentioning is "Exclusive" by Chris Brown. Uh -uh. I'm wrong. That's not it. It's not it. Wow. That's not it. And when I tell you what it is, part of me kind of feels like, Camilla, sis, are you off base? Do you not know your friend? Because Chris Brown was nowhere near what I. Wow. No, I didn't. I think I was here a lot of Beyonce and females. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I shout out to B Day. I mean, I don't think I, I don't think it, I don't think it's possible for me to go through this podcast episode and not mention B Day. I was honorable just mention. Uh, honorable mention, which is wild that I'm saying an honorable mention, but I'm doing it on purpose because I don't want this entire podcast to be Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Like right. people will ha- people will hate me. Um, <laughs> but anyway, well, everyone would hate you. Everyone won't hate me. But second choice for 
favorite sophomore albums, Chris Brown exclusive album released in 2007. What can I say about this time? It was a great, it was really, truly a great time for Chris Brown. Like Chris Brown was on top of the world. And that's not saying that he hasn't since been on top of the world since that album, but it was definitely an experience to see, to be in that same age group right. and see, you know, a male R&B artist like just kind of rising to fame. Like for us, we saw Usher, but Usher was established. Usher know. was a little bit before. I don't want to say Usher, before our time, but we were toddlers, I like know. not really yeah. able to really, you know, conceptualize, you know, music to the same extent, the same in the same way. Um, but just being able to see Chris Brown go from his first album and it was smash, smash, smash out the gate. Every single on that album was just a top tier single, like run it, yo, give me that pop in. Like this was also back in the day when he didn't have 438,001 songs on the album. You know, it is, <laughs> it is what, like 10, 17, 15 like between 12 and, and 17, something like that. See, the good old days. That when yeah. I could finish the whole album. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but, but by the time um his second album rolled around, I mean, it, I feel even more so for those singles from that album, like Wall to Wall and Kiss Kiss, With You, all of those songs perform very I well very on the charts. For very specific memory of Kiss Kiss. Like, you know, in the music video, how like T-Fay was like. <laughs> yes. For people who are not not watching the video, like, you know, T-Fay's did a little thing where like he had touch his head, his head go back, and his chest, his chest go back. Like, I was trying to do that. I couldn't, but I tried. <laughs> That's actually funny. I can't imagine like a little Camellia trying to do that. I'm sure that looked hilarious. I still couldn't date then, so. Um, <laughs> pretty on brand pretty on brand <laughs> I'm weak but yes every song on that album to me is, is some great great music on that album I would say some of my favorite songs and this is an album that I listened to non-stop when it first came out and still listen to very regularly as an adult so like my favorite songs will always change okay. Um, but like as of right now the songs that I will say are some of my favorites or standouts. Lottery is a great song on Exclusive. It's a great, great song. Um, I Want to Be is a great song. Tank had his hand in that song, as well as other songs on the Exclusive album. So, shout out you know, to Tank. Once again, shout out to Tank. I'm very, very underappreciated and overlooked in terms of his musicianship. Um, his production. You know, his production him His getting in game yes and getting down on the keys like just and great his, and he fine so <laughs> that you know, that also helps but yeah tank yeah that's a good album yeah it's a really good album as well as um down those were some of my favorite songs on the exclusive album and i actually went to the exclusive tour um that I ha I have not seen Chris Brown live since then, but like 
I feel like I got to see him at a great, great time. It was really a great time to see Chris Brown. You probably, um, you probably will be so disappointed if you saw him today. And I want to preference my disappointment by saying that when I saw Chris Brown, it was in the midst of a festival. So it, it, he wasn't, it wasn't his show. You know, I guess maybe he didn't put it all, put his all than what he would normally put in, but it was the worst, the worst I've ever seen in my whole life. Like no, no exaggeration. I did not like it at all. I was very excited to see him and I was just like, this is it. <laughs> like I didn't like it. He didn't do a lot of singing. Um, it was very much so like a y'all sing my songs and I'm gonna do a little pop block it right here. He didn't even do no full dance routine like that. And that's that's why I say I chalk it up to him being a part of a festival that he really wasn't a headliner on that festival. It was kind of like here is also Chris Brown. So maybe that had a lot to do with it, you know, but No, didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Shout out to the album exclusive. Everyone go check that album out. I would hope that majority of the listeners that are listening to this podcast are familiar with the album. But if you aren't, please take this as a cosign and explore it. It's a great album. Yeah. I guess the album that I thought that you were going to talk about. You know, I still have one more, right? So, well, so this is true. Do you wait? Actually, no. Say your last. Say your next one because I don't. I want to see if I was right, and if I'm not right, I am going to be disappointed myself for thinking that I was right. Am I doing my full rundown of this album, or am I yeah, just go saying? ahead? Go ahead. Well, my final selection for the sophomore albums conversation is none other than never say never by brandy um like anybody that knows me and i'm doing this because i'm literally sitting right here by all my vinyl like yes brandy anybody that knows me knows i am one of the biggest brandy fans you'll ever meet in your life as well as beyonce um but the vocal bible Brandy. Yes, the vocal Bible Brandy has influenced me in so many ways vocally. Um, and really it was this album that is really the the reason for all of that. I was familiar with her self-titled album, but that album came out when I was a year old, like yeah, 94. Yeah, yeah, the album came out in 94. So I was only hearing what was on the radio, but by the time Never Say Never came out in I believe 98. You know, I had a little bit more age to me. So I was able to really, you know, interpret what I was hearing as like, oh, this is a familiar voice. I like this right. voice. I like this sound. And I have done presentations in college about this album. Like I was in a um I was in a a debate course mm -hmm. or a public speaking course that's what it was and we had to do a presentation about some something like something important to you or your favorite this your favorite that whatever and the premise of that discussion was obviously to just formulate you know a speech in a proper way and I chose to talk about this album and what it means to me 
Um, but just anything that I can think about this album, like this, this is the album that I can't even speak. Like you see, I can't even talk right now. But it's really she just got you weak. She does. I own several copies of this album. I the the original copy of it that I have is like scratched up to all to the core because I listen to it nonstop and. I feel like majority of my vocal ability is emulation, just mimicking what I heard and what sounds I liked. And a lot of that stuff came from this album. This was the album where she really reinvented her sound from what it was, you know, originally. Um, she did more stacking and layering with her vocals. Her and, and Rodney Jerkins, that was kind of like when they really locked in and just developed a signature sound um it right. also has what i still consider to be one of the best songs of all time on it which is the boy is mine featuring monica i still feel like that's the best song of one all of the time. one not the best song but one of the best songs of all time is is written so well this is one of the songs on that list that you mm -hmm. a long time ago it's a great song. Other great songs on the album, obviously, Almost Doesn't Count, Have You Ever, written by Diane Warren. Anyone that knows about Diane Warren knows that she is a lyrical beast in terms of ballads and power songs. Um, Put That on Everything is like one of my favorite deep cuts from this album. I love, I um, love that song. Such a great song. The Boy Is Mine... I'm trying to use my words wisely because I don't want to get jumped. Um, I love The Boy Is Mine. I don't put it that high, I guess, in terms of like the songs that I like really like from that album. That does not mean I don't like the song. I, I love the song, but I don't put it that high on my like list of this is like the best, the best song, you know, like happy. Okay, first of all, this album is attached to one of my favorite movies which is yes. Double Platinum. Um, <laughs> and if you have not seen Double Platinum, it's a movie with Brandy and Diana Ross, and both of them had their albums out at the same time. So Brandy was Never Say Never. And I can't remember what the album of Diana Ross was, but the movie pretty much incorporated um, their songs in that movie. And one of the songs I loved so much was Happy um, on there. And I just remember the scene where she was doing her little dance on there, like, and I just remember it's a very vivid memory of my childhood. I just remember my mom being like, Ooh, girl, Brandy Show can't dance, child. Because she was like doing <laughs> little, she was doing her dance. She's gotten a lot better, you know, since 1997 or whatever year this came out, 90s, whatever. But yes, this never say never. This is arguably, arguably her best album. Yeah, it's it's that is a a constant ongoing conversation between Full Moon and Never Say Never. It's um, Full Moon for me, but Never Say Never does have like a special like, ugh, you know, like right yeah. here in my heart. It's 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 a good album. It's a great absolutely. Album, it's a great album. So that was that was my third. That was my third one. So you still have. So I already have one, and which is the one I have. I have one, and I have an art, um, an honorable mention, right? So I actually thought that you were going to say Usher, um, my way because uh, 
you like like Usher. Like you have so much appreciation for Usher's career, his vocal ability, and all that great stuff. So I just knew in my heart of heart that you were going to have my way on there. So it was a couple of fun facts that I have found which you probably already knew because you know things like this, but but some fun facts that I saw while looking at his first album, the self-titled album, and then My Way. Did not know that Diddy was the executive producer of his self-titled album, and which is interesting to me, like, with I'll Be Sure, did a lot of the engineering, which is also interesting for multiple reasons, but that's neither here nor there and then your girl faith evans she was doing some background vocals up yes. on the album so yeah. i found that to be interesting i was like oh wow that's crazy like bad boy was all up and through that um of that album but then he kind of just switched um to having babyface la reed on my way do the executive um I think they were the executive producers. And I'm not sure. I don't I'm not sure if Jermaine Dupree was like a pro, like executive producer or if he was just doing like engineering. I don't know. Correct me if I if I am wrong. Do you know? I believe he was AP. Um or so, at least some or at least somewhere something, high, right? in, high in the ranks on that album. Yeah. And you know, he just recently had the 25 year like anniversary of that album. And there's like a little um, mini documentary on YouTube, YouTube for people who haven't seen it. I really do recommend watching it. It's actually like, it's actually really, really good. Um, but some of my um, honorable mentions, my favorite song, I love him and Monica's version of Slow Jam. It was my first time hearing that song, obviously, as a remake. But, like, me at my young age, like, I was just like, oh, wow, this is really good. So, Slow Down, um, obviously, My Way, um, and then You Make Me Wanna. Like, I feel like that was, like, my first introduction of Usher, Usher. really. Like, mm -hmm. I don't really know. Like you said before, like, his first album came out when we were, like, so young. So, it wasn't any anything. But I really did thought he was going to say My Way. But that's all my albums. But... I did want to say, like, I made mention in the last podcast that I felt like the sophomore jinx does not matter, you know, back in the day, you know, well, I don't want to say back in the day. There is a lot of emphasis on how good the second album is going to be, especially if the first album was like really, really good. I feel like, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts, like, I feel like now like today it does not really exist anymore because people are constantly putting out albums that are not albums like oh no it's not my album it's my ep it's my ep no it's not my album it's not that people are constantly putting out albums that are not albums and people are also putting out so much music that don't even be on the second album that people forget really like i'm thinking to myself like cardi b for example like obviously when she does decide to come out with her second album it's going to be a lot of talk around it because her first album did so well but she's also like putting out music that even if she does put that second album out it's not going to harm her career like i feel like then if your second album was trash you about to be dropped from your label you you may not you you may have to go independent for a little bit or kind of like build yourself up because they people wasn't putting out 
constant music in between albums. It was like the first album, and we're gonna work this album for like two years, kind of like how Bruno Mars did with his like his other album. How it was like you had the first album, we're gonna work this album for forever, and then we're gonna put the second. We ain't gonna do nothing until the second album come out, and then everyone haven't heard anything from you in so long that now we really want to know what this second album. So like today. It's different. It's not so much. I don't want to say it's not so much emphasis, but kind of it's not so much emphasis. Like, I don't think a bad second album will ruin anything. Like, SZA's second album wasn't that good, in my personal opinion, in comparison to her first album. But I don't think it's going to harm her career at all. I can see why any person would feel like it's not necessarily as big of a deal as it was in you know in the past in terms of the music industry i personally feel like there's still uh some weight to having a good sophomore album um but in terms of how the music industry is wired now because everything is so microwave media like you know everything that you were mentioning a lot of people like like Beyonce said, people don't make albums anymore. They just they just put out a song and put out another one and Not put out voice. another one and then they put out another one. I mean, it's it's true. Like it's a real thing. A lot of people feel like they have to constantly push content out to stay relevant right. because it's easy for anybody to get distracted by the next anything. In reality, you don't have to put out an album at all. Yeah. You yeah. really don't. I mean, you can right. kind of put out a bunch of EPs and go from there. Um, and that can just kind of be your thing that you do. There are plenty of artists that are doing that now. Um, but I think it's is there's also a method, it, there's just a method to everything. I think all in all, in terms of how albums are successful now, like as you mentioned earlier, a lot of albums now, they have so many more songs on them. And I think that allows people in this, you know, streaming platform based music industry that we live in now, it allows for people to really kind of capitalize off of success because you know, once you get a certain number of streams on something, it's going to get your album certified. Right. And it's, it's easier for you to get a higher number of streams if you have more songs on your album because people are listening longer, they're listening more, they are able to kind of flush out what they like more and what they don't like more. So they keep revisiting, you know, there's a higher chance of people revisiting your albums more and, right. and so on and so forth. So I think there's just a method to it all. Um, I think it still holds some weight, just not as much as it used to. But I can see why Definitely not as say, much. Yeah, because yeah, I, I wouldn't go as far to say like it doesn't matter because it does. But I just don't think it's as much emphasis as it was before. Um, oh, my honorable mention was Kanye West. Um, late registration yes he did because he had a really good first album and then came out with a, also a really good second album um, but you know Kanye West is very problematic so we're not going to stay on there for long um, is there anything <laughs> that you're looking forward to I am looking forward to all of these concerts that are coming up that I I hope to be going to and some of them I already know that I'm going to um 
I don't know. I I never really know. Like, it's funny because we did the first episode. I I mentioned SZA. SZA's album is out now. It actually happened. So, like, for people that listened to that first episode, they could hear the uncertainty that I possessed when I was speaking about it. But, like, it actually happened. The album's out. I think it's a grower for me personally. The more I listen to it, the more I like it. I know it's an acquired taste, but SZA has always been an acquired taste personally mm -hmm. in my opinion um but she's going on tour that's exciting um we went to the control tour together we did um, i left early but we you but did, we did. <laughs> your, feet, your feet was hurting no it wasn't even my it wasn't even my feet so people <laughs> to the people who are listening i hate standing room only venues i hate it so when we saw SZA i kept get i kept getting knocked way too many times and i got so aggravated that i just left the concert but i did hear the one song i wanted to hear and i was fine i was fine with that i will not see SZA i'm not going to see SZA um <laughs> for this album i was talking to someone about it um and i would not go as far to say that i that the album is trash the album is not trash it's it's i think it's a pretty decent album i was just really bored at the content of the album like it was boring to me like I found myself wanting to skip the song mid song just because I was like I'm when I listen to an album for the first time I prefer to listen to it in the car uh, while I'm driving somewhere and I just found myself wanting to skip it because it was just boring to me like it it, it wasn't for me but I'm not saying that the album was trash it just wasn't for me yeah I like majority of what I hear my only problem is that I started from the beginning and I just let it play so it's gonna take me a while to figure out exactly which songs are is this song is that song I know I know some of them already but some of the songs they kind of just blur together in my mind now snooze I like snooze because <laughs> babyface wrote on that Oh, I did not know that, but yeah. I do. I do like the song yeah. "Snooze." It, she she accomplished everything in my personal opinion. Everything that I said when we did the last episode, I wanted her to do something different. I feel like it's different than the first album. It's not. It hasn't deviated so far away from what her signature sound is that people are completely lost. Right. Um, I'm seeing her collaborate with people. Like I would not have imagined that she would have done something with Babyface um really yeah I wouldn't have imagined something like that type of collaboration happening so like to see that for me was very refreshing I think it's dope that she has done another great song with Travis Scott and she had you know one of her biggest songs with him on her first album so like to see her do a mixture of new sounds new collaborations um but still staying true to herself at the same time I feel like that's an accomplished effort um yeah and it, I mean, in terms of the chart success so far, it, it has been very it's successful. Well. It's doing um, well. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But her. I also feel like, and this, I feel like she already, SZA already has like a very big fan base. And I wonder if this would have been album one, would it have still have had the same amount of success i just found it to be very boring i don't i don't know like i did tell myself i'm gonna go back and listen to it again but like sucks it just it didn't do it for me and i was very <laughs> i was very sad about it because i really do like scissor and i like scissor 
Before, when, mm-hmm. before when she came out, with we were Disease. on SZA. Mm-hmm. We were on SZA in undergrad, so it's not like I just found out about SZA and came in when my man is your man is your whatever words are. Like it's not that. It's just I don't know. It just it 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 didn't it didn't do do it for me. So what are you excited about moving forward in terms? Of um, music? I don't have anything in terms of music. I feel like right now I I don't really be anticipating people coming out with music as much as I would like to. Um but I would love if Monica came out with a new album because I love that song I Friends. I would too. I would too. Um that friend song with Ty Dolla Sign is my song. Okay. Y'all don't be appreciating it. And when I say y'all, I'm talking about one person in particular. It's not me. But I ain't do nothing. I didn't say Okay, I'll just make it short. I'll just make it short. <laughs> I just know it's funny because like Princess, our friend, we have a friend named Princess. Mm-hmm. Hey, she, Princess. hey, Princess girl. She had recorded, uh, she had sent me a recording of like her singing the song live and she was like, girl, I just recorded because I know you love that song. <laughs> it just made me laugh. <laughs> but like you said before, there are a lot of concerts coming out. I'm very excited to see Mac um is it a- yes we are going to see mac ayers yes ayers. i love mac ayers um oh my gosh y'all we don't know who mac ayers is yes. get into it okay yes. if i if i can think of a good song let me let me go on my spotify my calvin's joint like calvin's joint is a no-brainer calvin's joint calvin's is a no-brainer joint, but right now it's been like easy yes easy. i love that song too oh I love that. I love man. that song. Okay, I I'm I'm always amazed when I see white people would just be having so much soul. Let's just start there. Yeah. But Calvin's Joint and um Easy are some great songs to get into if you're not for um familiar with, with who he is. I'm also very excited to see Janet Jackson. I'm going to see Janet Jackson and Little Chris. I felt like that was a very interesting combination. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I have seen Little Chris before. It was back in the day when um, in Greensboro they did Super Jams. I don't know if you... Of course, yes. And when I sang Little Chris, it was very hood. It was Little Chris, Plies, um, Waka Flocka. It was very much so... Yes, very much the elements. Very much so the elements. So I don't think I appreciated him as much at that time because at that time, all I cared about was Waka Flocka. But I'm very, very excited to see him now. Um, Jenna Jackson is a legend. I've been trying to make a point to um, trying to see artists who are like older who may not be going on tour as often. So when it happens, I be want to like hop on it. So yeah, yeah, those are the two things that I'm um, excited excited for. Nice, nice. So we will continue our tradition of closing our podcast with our hit different segment. Um, I don't think we fully disclosed the concept of it in the first episode, but just so that you guys know, in this segment, we are always going to be talking about songs that whether they're new or old, but particularly older songs that, you know, we just just hit our desk after maybe not listening in a long time and you know it just has a different feel to it or it means something more to you because you connect with it in a different way um so i have three songs um so december can be a very hard month for people in general because seasonal depression for me personally this month has been a very 
trying month for me not necessarily because things are like so many things have happened but like it's just very difficult for me like just it reminds me of what how things could be or how how things didn't work out at xyz so my songs um are songs that i have been listening to lately to kind of like up my spirits and one of those songs is, is victory by janelle monet um first of all that album yes electric lady that album is fire but we're not talking about that right now we are talking about victory um so with victory um it just basically says that to be victorious you have to you you must find joy in the little things uh which it can be very difficult to do that sometimes especially when your mind is Especially when when your mind is just just foggy and you just you just thinking about oh my life is X Y Z and the song just it just it just reminds me to kind of like just find joy in the small things. There's there's joy in the little things. Like you don't have to focus on you know everything. You know, so that's one of the songs. I feel like it's about to say something. I'm 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 really just co-signing that song because it's one of the best songs on that album, and it, the concept of that song really is mindfulness. It's about you know looking around you and acknowledging what you have, and yeah. being, and being grateful. Like it's a really great song, a very a very song. inspirational, uplifting song. That's a great choice. And sis is singing at the very tippity top of her register. That is a <laughs> another conversation for another day about people who do that. But yes, I I love that song. Um, the second song that I have on my list, which you may not be familiar with, is called um Don't Call by Leon Timbo. Um, it's kind of a little depressing, but I'm going to read some of the, um, it basically says, don't call, come get me. Cause I need your help. I'd fall in my misery. If you weren't there, I know I'm a mystery and sugar that ain't fair, but don't call, come get me and I'll be right here. And especially with so many people like taking their own lives and stuff like that, like, this song is basically saying, like, I don't need you to call me to check on me. Like, I need you here in the present. Like, I need you to come right here, sit with me. Even if we're just sitting in silence, I just I just need you to come here and just sit with me because I'm very sad. And what I'm going through right now is, 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 is taking everything out of me. And I need you to come pull up on me. And we're going to sit here until I get better. And I thought that was like a really good song. Um, especially when like everyone says, check on your strong friends. And I think it takes a lot to call someone and be like, I'm struggling. And I don't really know how I need you to support me. But one thing I do know is that I want you to be here. So, yes, that was very sad. So sorry to bring a damper down, but I. It hits different um the last song i have is not a sad song it is a chris brown song um and it's his latest uh, christmas song which is no time like christmas anyone who knows me knows that i'm not big on christmas music it's not my thing like i think christmas music is boring but i'm always interested not i'm not gonna say boring it's not for me. I feel, I feel like whenever people have Christmas albums, the same like five, six songs over and over again, sung in different ways. And that's kind of, it's boring. That's what I mean by boring. 
And I'm always amazed when people create Christmas music, original Christmas music, and it's good. And I think this is a really good song. I feel like it's a good song that you can listen to, whether it's Christmas or not. Like, you don't even realize that it's a, it's a Christmas song, really. It sounds like a good, old, traditional R&B song. And it is great, okay? Give Chris Brown his flowers. You know, I talk junk about Chris Brown a lot because his albums are so long and i miss out on some good songs because i'm just too lazy to like listen to the whole album but chris brown definitely deserves his flowers in terms of his contribution to r&b his talent and everything he's done so um no time like christmas chris by chris brown those are my three all right well what the people don't know is all my songs are sad so <laughs> are we Toronto? are we sad that that my songs are sad my songs were sad last oh my time. gosh we are sad oh okay we're, we are so this time. afraid to bring y'all down this way we <laughs> are we are walking through it i'll just say that we're walking yes. through it we are not standing still we're making movements and that's mm -hmm. what's important and the music is helping me make my movements okay so anybody that's listening to this i'm sorry my song's finna be uh more sad <laughs> well, here we go sadder whichever one is the right one um <laughs> my first song is called whole damn year is by Mary J. That Blige. That is my song. <laughs> Why you gotta make me get out this day and go see? Yeah, that is my song. Whole damn year is a big tune. Anybody that I feel like we try so hard to not make every song turn into us discussing a whole album, but when you have good taste, you Can listen to. You have, when you have good taste, you listen to great albums. You don't listen to just great songs. You listen to great albums. Listen. And this song is on a great overlooked album called The London Sessions that Mary J. Blige did. The album is so freaking good. So good. Oh, sorry. Such I'm not take over. I, you, you better make me shout up in you're here. Fine. Oh. You're fine. Because that, that's my song. I mean, when that song came out, I ain't know nothing about nothing. I just knew it sounded good. And now... <laughs> Child, what, what year did the album come out? <laughs> I think it was like 2014. Yep. See, let me tell you about... Teron may not have known nothing, but Kameen was very familiar with how she was feeling, okay, in 2014. But let me tell you <laughs> something. Sis, no, this is your time. Go ahead. <laughs> um yeah 2014 is when it came out i mean the the, the section that i want to highlight that i feel like is written very eloquently you really can get an understanding of how somebody feels about somebody else um <laughs> it says while others just wouldn't respect it don't tell me you as don't tell me you as well i thought we were headed for heaven but you about to take me back to hell and then she says See, winter took most of my heart and spring punched me right in the stomach. Summer came looking for blood and by autumn I was left for nothing. That's that's the I mean, I guess that's like the pre-course. Was this a single? No. No. It wasn't it a single? It should have been. It should have been. You should be. You should be. Let me tell you something. Let me tell y'all something. Go Actually, back. yes, it was. I lied. It was. It was. It was, it was like a promo single. But yeah, y'all listen to the song. If you ever been through something, listen. 
That man that took her through. Took a whole damn year to repair my body. Took a whole And sometimes it takes more than one year. Okay, but go ahead, girl. <laughs> I'ma need it to not. <laughs> that's what I'ma need for it to Sometimes not. it does. Yeah. Sometimes it does. That's, so a that's great. That's a good pick. I love yes. A great song. Um, that's that's a, a big tune, big hit different for me. I'll talk about this one. It's called I Still Believe by Mariah Carey. Um, a lot of people don't know that song. Um, it was included on her number ones compilation. It's actually a cover. The original artist is Brenda K. Starr, who mm. she actually started out singing background for. That was uh, the artist that Mariah Carey herself was singing background for before she got her big break. Um, but nonetheless, it's a great song. I won't go all the way into detail about that, but it would just be nice if someone decides they want to listen to that song and just kind of hear what it's about. Um, that one. My third pick is Ride For You by Danity Kane. <laughs> Another, I feel, big tune. And the reason why I want to highlight this song is because I feel like when we talk about Brian Michael Cox and what he does in terms of production and songwriting, this is one of the songs that a lot of people don't really mention as much. A lot of people will mention like, you know, to be without you, Mary J. Blige and right. like, don't forget about us, um, Mariah Carey. And those are phenomenal songs. I love those songs just as much as I love Ride For You, but I don't think a lot of people really look at Ride For You the same way. And Brian Michael Cox, at least at that time, he was very, very defined in what I refer to as the war cry. All of those songs, <laughs> all of those songs that I just mentioned, yes. they all pretty much have, once you get to that that last chorus or that last hook, is you know, you get to the bridge and the bridge sends you up and the war the war either, cry with the musical break. It's, okay. yeah, it's, it's either one or two things gonna happen. It's gonna be a war cry where somebody just whoa. Or they're going to go inverted, like an mm -hmm. octave up from whatever the original key of the course. Like right. Mariah, you look at Mariah Carey. If you look at We Belong Together, Mariah Carey, you know what I'm talking about. You yeah. get to the end of that song and she's singing the same lyrics. It's just inverted. She goes from like, I guess, chest voice to head voice yeah. uh, or, or falsetto, whatever. Um, That's a good song. So Danny yes. King also... I know they had their issue with a group, but I really wish they could have continued to make music because I just recently put up Key to My Heart. They have some really good music. Unfortunately, I hate that um they were not able to, you know, continue. But yes. Um, and to segue right off of Danity Kane into Don Richard, because my final song for a hit different um that I want to highlight is a song of Don Richards called Let Love In and it's not even on streaming so I'm going to oh, do my okay. I'm going to do my best to talk about this song and and hope that somebody goes and goes out of their way because you're going to have to go on YouTube or SoundCloud to listen to it but it's a great song she released a mixtape I think in 2010 called um A Telltale Heart Mm -hmm. And the whole mixtape is dope. You can 
for me, I used to hit play on that mixtape, start from one and just let that whole thing run. But this is one of my favorite songs on the album that I always I always like the sound of it. But now <laughs> I feel like I feel a little bit more connected to um just the sound of it and, and what the song is talking about. It's and called Let Love In, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let Love In. Um, and I'm gonna read a little bit of the lyrics. Um, the pre-hook is if this world came crashing down, would you still hold this burden over my head? I wish that I could say I'm sorry and you believe in what I said. I wish that we could fill this room with love instead of regret. There's no space for me to prove if you don't choose to forget, or there's no space for me to improve if you don't choose to forget. Um and so it's just a song just really like you can just hear someone just kind of like I won't say begging or pleading but you know really wanting to be heard and forgiven and they want to move past things with whoever else it is that they're mm-hmm. involved with um so yeah I like that song that's a good song. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great song. That's I was great. looking to see if it was on SoundCloud. That's why I asked you to repeat it. But yeah, it's, it's awesome. not on SoundCloud individually. There is someone that has that whole mixtape in one file on SoundCloud, and it's like mm-hmm. forty three minutes. You just and what was you, the name of the mixtape again? A Telltale Heart. Uh, I can send you the link to it because I was just listening to it last night. Cool. That works. <laughs> That was good, but yeah, well, those we, we we were sad. We gotta we gotta have some upbeat next time. Yeah, we I mean, sad. what I will say, this is our, you know, we started this podcast pretty much at the end of twenty twenty two, so this is likely going to be our last episode of the year. Yes, at yes. least our the last episode that is heard by anyone else's ears. So. We're choosing happiness in 2023. We That's are. what we are choosing. We are. This was fun, though. It was. This was fun. As always, we will have a playlist at, attached to the episode um, of some of the songs. Obviously, it would not have the Don Richards song because Sis is not put it on Spotify. But, oh, if she ever decides to. It will, It'll get added. Added. <laughs> it will it will be added. It will definitely be added. It will be added. Alrighty. So, and you can follow me on Instagram at Camelia Charmaine underscore. Twitter is Melia Charmaine underscore because my name is too long. I'm so sad <laughs> about it. <laughs> we gonna work on some branding and come up with something that you can find across yeah. platforms. And then of course, Two Me Up Podcast at Two Me Up Podcast on all platforms. Yes, and of course you can find me on pretty much everything as Toronto. That's that's me on Instagram. That's me on Twitter. Every other thing is different variations of that because same thing. People took the name, but it's all they right. Took it. It's okay. They took it. All right. Well, I guess that's it. That's it. Thank you guys for listening to us, and we hope that you stop by next time. Nice. <laughs>